Greetings, I'm Karen Colligan. Welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast. I'm the founder of a leadership organization called PeopleThink, where I created the Keep It Real Leadership Program. And what that does is it equips and it elevates emerging and advancing leaders. It's all online and it can be done anywhere and it can be done at any time. What I know for sure is all leaders lead differently. That's the beauty of leadership. And it is so important to understand your unique leadership style. So, so, so let, let me repeat that. Your unique leadership style and how you're going to help your team and organization move forward from a unique perspective. You got to be real and you got to be bold and you got to drive to take action. Because let's face it, people look to their leaders and what do we look for? We look for vision. We look for guidance. We look for growth opportunities. And that's why as a leader, you want to be crystal clear about your unique leadership style and competencies. The whole purpose of Let's Talk Leadership podcast is to speak to a variety of leaders who are in different industries, and we want them to have different titles, and we want them to be at different levels so we can better understand how they uniquely lead their organization and teams. moving and talk to our next leadership guest. In this episode, I am thrilled to be speaking to Karen Garavati, who is a Vice President of Human Resources at the Melita Group. And we're going to hear about Karen's approach to leadership. So Karen, welcome and thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Nice to be here. So Karen, tell us a little bit about who you are Sure. Born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, spent my entire career out here in the Silicon Valley. I'm supporting a number of tech companies as the head of human resources. And recently transitioned um, to the Melita Group, which is an HR solutions organization. And I serve as the head of HR for the Melita Group, as well as the HR lead for many of our Melita clients. Karen, you and I have known each other for a very long time. And, and actually, Karen and I worked together a few years ago, haha, ha, wink, wink, uh, when we <laughs> first met each other as colleagues and have really followed each other with our careers and helped each other grow and learn as we've continued our professional development and growth. So, Karen, thanks for being here and really excited to have you and really think through uh, who you are as a leader and get your wisdom. We need your wisdom. Wisdom, Karen. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, first things first. So when we think about uh, how many different ways there are to define leadership and, and what I always think about is 
leadership is so incredibly personal uh, to each individual. So tell us, what, how do you define leadership for yourself, Karen? Leadership for me, I focus on the human factor, right? So every leader has to know the point of direction. Every leader has to understand the vision. Every leader has to understand the purpose. But when it really comes down to leading people and a team, it's the human connection, mm -hmm. right? And it's, it's building a relationship so that others want to follow. They don't just follow because I tell them to. They follow because they want to contribute. Um, and that takes time. It's a process mm -hmm. to build that trust in that relationship with your team members. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you said something really important there in terms of it takes time. And when someone goes into a leadership role, the expectation is, oh, my goodness, they're here. They're going to be able to help this team, this organization move forward. Well, I don't know. Am I going to follow him or her? Ah, not sure. Let me see what they're really made of. Let me see if they walk the talk and that type of thing. And and unfortunately, it is all about that human aspect because without the people, I mean, who who's there's nobody to follow anybody. So yeah, that's great. You know, I always come back to to the values. And you know, what I always say is people join an organization because of the values. And people leave an organization because of the values. And so as a leader, it's really, really important that you're crystal clear about those values that help you navigate, you know, their guiding light, their how we make decisions. So as a leader, what are your top three values? And it's a hard, hard question because, you know, three, are you kidding me? So, so what are your three values? Yeah. It is a hard question, and three is a little bit limiting when you think about leadership and the values that you need to embrace, but if I were going to point to my top three, um, trust is a big one, so you have to be able to establish, build, and maintain trust across all levels of the organization with everyone. Um, Respect is huge. So for me, um, respect is treating everyone with care, um, with empathy, being thankful, with gratitude for what they bring. I don't like to look at things in terms of hierarchy and levels. We know they exist, right? But when it comes to being a human and connecting with people and getting them to follow your lead, respect is a big deal, right? We have to, we have to treat people kindly and appreciate them. The other thing is transparency, transparency with communication. So we all know that in organizations, there's some things we just can't say. Um, but you want to be able to tell your team members, your employees, as much as you can, to give them the story, to give them the why, right? To give them the context. So they're not sort of like a cog in the wheel, so to speak, right? They're not just a widget, right? They're actually having an impact on where the organization is going. And as much as you can take the time to be transparent and communicate with them, 
the more they're going to feel connected, right? The more they're going to understand their own individual purpose in helping the organization achieve what they need to achieve. So super, super important. And so those would be my top three. If I were able to sneak in another one, it would be humility. <laughs> and, and how could I take humility away? Of course, I'll let you sneak one more in. Absolutely. So Karen, we've got trust, we've got respect, we've got transparency, and we've got that fourth one, humility. And, and if you think mm-hmm. about what you just indicated when you talk about how you define leadership, we are not cogs in the wheel and we are people. And we do need to make sure that we are leading with that emotional component. And again, all four of yours are based on that people component. So that, yeah, love, 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 love that. Thank you. You know, it's not a big surprise. Uh, we're, We're currently going through an enormous amount of transition and change. I mean, okay, between the global pandemic shelter in place, the civil unrest, and economic ups and downs. I mean, and what I recognize and what any leader would recognize is that then infiltrates any organization. So how do you lead through transition and change? Through transition and change in general is um, with open communication. Again, it's the transparency Mm -hmm. piece, right? It's really defining the purpose and why really discussing with the team members where they're uncomfortable, where they're afraid, which is not a sign of weakness, really creating sort of that safe platform and also creating an environment where they can speak their mind, where they can constructively debate with me or disagree. That's Mm -hmm. okay. Because often those constructive debates and dialogues lead to a more favorable solution or outcome. So that's how I do it in general. Specifically with with what's going on today, it really does go back to the human factor. We've all had to figure out how to change really quickly. And agility is a requirement, right? Almost on a day-to-day basis. Again, it goes back to transparency and communication and speaking with the team on a regular basis. When I'm speaking with them, nine out of 10 times, it's not on the phone, we video conf, right? So it's really connecting as much as a person as you possibly can. We actually had a, a, a team meeting this morning. I'm, I'm helping at my company, the Melita Group, helping our leaders become better leaders as they progress. And one of my direct reports said, as we were talking about a book we just read, because we have a book club together. That's part of our, our learning, our manage, their management growth. One of my leaders said today, every time Karen gets on the phone with me or has a video conference with me, the first thing she says is, how are you? Mm-hmm. Right? And I was really pleased to hear that. I didn't think about it. But again, it goes back to the human factor. And when you demonstrate empathy and you're open and you listen to them as people, right? they're going to listen to you, they're going to co- connect with you, and they're going to help you through the change. So it all goes back to connecting with people, right? Respect, transparency, trust, right? And if you can enrich those values with your team members and they become a partner, that's 80% of the battle, right? 80% of the battle. And the execution follows or goes hand in hand. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, you know, a couple, you said a lot there, and and that's really important. And this agility piece, I mean, every single day, every one of us wake up and we're like, okay, 
whoa, 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 what's going to happen today? Yeah. And, and then you talk about that trust piece and the fact that you need to have some empathy for your employees and, and, and the connection. So when you think about transition and change, all anybody thinks about during those times is what about me? What about me? What about me? And at those times, we have to be able to look at our leaders and say, do I trust that they're going to make decisions that are going to be beneficial for me in the best way possible? And if there's not that trust, it's not going to happen. And, and as you've just indicated, we have to partner. And if, if we don't look at our team members as partners to us, and, and, and we're never going to get anything done because we've got to be able to have everybody walking in the same shoes and walking towards the same goals. And people right now have this sometimes fear. And so that agility to be able to, okay, today's another day. I'm going to start this day fresh. I'm going to listen. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to have empathy for my colleagues. I'm going to turn around in this video conference and say, my goodness, what are they going through? And then be able to make the decision. I'm willing to, to, to do this transition. I'm willing to make these changes because it's the right thing for me, my colleagues, and my organization. And that comes from the leader, Karen. There's no question about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Thank you just you mentioned something about a book club. And, and what I, you know, the other thing about leaders is, um, you know, the best leaders are curious. The best leaders want to continue to learn. And so... Obviously, you have a book club. Tell us a little bit about the book club or anything, any other resources <laughs> that you might have. That's kind of cool. Sure, sure. Well, the book and what are you really, reading? Well, right now, it will be no surprise, right? It's called It's the Manager from Gallup. And um, yeah, so what we do at, at the Melita Group is um, we have my, the C, my CEO, who is my manager, and I, we, we partner to help our young managers, most of them first-time managers, understand what it means to be a manager, right? And so I've actually um, used a lot of what I've learned, right, in growing up as a manager in different organizations, what I've learned from people like you, Karen, right, um, working with me throughout my, my employees throughout the years. I've built some training programs for them, just kind of the basics, like what does it mean to be a manager? What does it mean to be a coach as manager? And then we blend other programs like our, our book club. So they're also reading different types of business books. Then we come together and we talk about our takeaways and how those takeaways apply to their day to day. So we actually learn from each other. We all have, I recognize that we all have different ways of learning. Um, and that's super, super important, right? Because somebody who tends to learn from books, that might be um, a driving factor or a way for them to sort of internalize, but it isn't for me personally. I'm an experiential learner. For me, the way I've learned throughout my career, again, is through people like you, Karen, through my experiences. And the way I continue to learn today is through the young professionals. So my first line managers, as I'm coaching and educating them, I'm also learning from them. Because there's a lot that's been sort of a common thread throughout the years I've seen as it relates to leading people, human resources, and management. But there are some differences. There are some generational differences. And as I sort of open up my approach to learning and not just focus on what's worked in the past but what the book brings it's also what insights do they bring so i found that that's been 
my best way to learn today. Because again, if we go back to the human factor, people want to be respected, people want to be thanked, people want to be appreciated. There's all these fundamental values that everywhere I've traveled throughout the world and throughout my career, that's important. And we have to recognize that that's a common thread. But there are some subtleties and changes in the way that different generations or younger people year over year, how they, you know, how they look at things, how they communicate, how they share, right? And I learn so much from them, so much, right? So it allows me to take everything I've learned, all of my experience and sort of customize or modify it to the way they need to use that information to help to lead their people. Yeah. And, and the fact that we all lead, uh, learn differently is, is really an important element in terms of, of who we're working with. So, you know, we're going to have five generations of people in the workforce. Every generation learns different, uh, works differently. And if we as leaders who believe, you know, we've been through some some tough times, we've been through some wonderful times, we have expertise. If we can continue to keep our mind curious and open, then we can really like put our hand down and say, I need to learn from you instead of feeling like, oh, I know everything because we really don't. Right. And I think that's the greatest right. gift a strong leader can give is what can I learn from you because you know things that I don't. And that is a pretty remarkable thing. And we've both been in organizations where we watch, you know, senior leaders and think, really? Really? I mean, when was the yeah. last time you read a book? When was the last time you were curious or learned something from someone else? So being open in and learning from others is, is really great. So you've just explained, you know, how you're staying curious and you're staying open and you're learning. So and you talked a little bit about you have a book club for your your team members. What else are you doing to give your folks the development and growth opportunities so that they can continue to, you know, grow in their careers and learn new things. Currently, where I'm at the Melita Group, my team members, there's a number of, well, I'll say a few generations between myself and them. So what I have to do is I have to take a step back and remember that there's a lot they haven't done. They're so smart. Mm -hmm. I just sort of naturally assume Oh, they can do this and they can do that. And then I realized, oh my goodness, I just sort of have taken that for granted. And we've done so many things throughout the years um, in various occasions um, that things come naturally to us, right? They don't necessarily come naturally to them. So what I do with my team to help them grow and to develop their careers, their sort of, I call it their professional portfolio is I, again, go back to communication, giving them context, giving them purpose. Why are we doing them this, right? So they're not just doing the operations, but they understand what their contribution is going to be. I also put them in places where they don't know the answer, right? And I give them enough so that, and I give them the autonomy, I give them the rope, and I allow them to use their brains, their creativity, their ways that they go about execution, which in many cases might be different than my own right? And to solve the problem or to find a creative solution, they do it on their own and I'm there alongside of them. So if they need me, guys, you can raise your hand. No question is a bad question, right? If they start to fall off the tracks, I help them to get back on the tracks. 
So it's really giving them the context, allowing them to see what is this going to look like, what does success look like at the end, helping them to pave the path along the way, but giving them as much freedom to execute, come up with good ideas, ask good questions for a favorable outcome. I try not to step in and do it for them as much as I can <laughs> prevent that, right? Because if I do it for them, they're not going to learn. And, right? and, and yeah. you know, the greatest learning is when we don't do it right the first time, because when you don't, then yeah, all of a sudden exactly. you remember it. So, so we need, yeah. Um, yeah. we need to fall off the horse a few times. I always say you got to have some scabs on those knees in order to be able exactly. to keep going. Exactly. For sure. yeah. exactly. Making a mistake is not a failure. Right? And so if you create a if you create a space to your employees where they trust you and they know that if they make a mistake, it's not going to be a punitive discussion. It's a constructive discussion. Beautiful things will happen. And, and that goes right back to being really clear about your values and being really clear about how you're going to make decisions. So the whole integrity right. piece, I mean, if they trust you, then they're going to say, I can make a mistake and I'm not going to get beat up. And you got to love that. That's for sure. So, so Karen, last and of course not least, um, what what piece of art or culture or music, mm. literature, anything like what's off the wall, anything that gives you, you know, some balance and, and you find joy from? Because no matter what time of the world we're in, no matter where we are in our life cycle, if we don't have joy, we cannot be the best that we're going to be. And as difficult as things can be. At different times in our lives, we really have to be clear. So, so what do you do? For me personally, the arts have always been important. I have been dancing, believe it or not, for 40-something years. Wow. And I have never let dance go, regardless of the situation, the struggles you're facing, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. I always have remembered to focus on balance as much as I possibly can. And dance has always been that sort of anchor for me. It's hard now and it's hard on, you know, the real artists out there, the studios are closed, but it's amazing how people have stepped forward and come up with creative ways to stay connected and allow people to be connected to the arts. Um, so I still dance. I, you know, have my ballet classes via Zoom, uh -huh. right? I take yoga via Zoom and, you know, you can easily go to recorded versions, but we can still have that personal interaction with people via Zoom. And it has helped to keep me balanced as dance has helped throughout the years. That's what I do. That's what I enjoy. And super, super important. Yeah. And, you know, there's something about the consistency of, of doing something. It really helps us from a mind perspective, I'll say a spiritual perspective to know that we're going to let our mind just do what it needs to do in order to to keep our body healthy, to keep our mind healthy. Right. And, um, right. you know, th this whole idea that working 24 seven and look how smart I am, I'm working 24 seven really doesn't serve anyone. And so this this joy pl place for me is, is just so important, not only for leaders, for everybody. So I love that 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 there's still, you know, it's top of mind. And you know what, Karen, it really has to be top of mind. Otherwise we forget it. And before you know it, we're in email hell. 
So, Karen, you know, thank you. I mean, I'm so grateful for your insights and and thoughts about leadership. And it's so refreshing to hear, you know, how important it is for you to keep your team learning and keep your team moving forward and have them be clear about their goals and and really know that your four values (laughs) really inform (laughs) you and how you make decisions. And it's inspiring to hear the way you lead. I mean, we're all so grateful to hear your wise words is what I will say to you, Miss Karen Garibaldi. So thanks. Thanks to everyone for listening. And I'm Karen Colligan. And you've been listening to Karen Garibaldi, who is Vice President of Human Resources at the Melita Group. So till the next episode of the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast, have a good one. And don't forget to keep it real. Bye now.